0: good morning good afternoon and good evening and welcome to the fancy files podcast i am your host greg i'm not going to give you my last name but it will be in the description so it will be like a treasure hunt for you to go and figure that out um what is the fancy file podcast well it's in the name it's a podcast we're still trying to figure out exactly everything we're going to be doing with it uh dealing with bible topics having discussions maybe we'll go into some controversial stuff we'll see uh maybe we'll deal with conspiracies who knows who knows but we'll eventually you know figure it out and we just hope that what we're doing is a blessing uh to you Uh, i am with my co-host today i have quite a few uh first i have the marvelous mick mick how are you doing today I am feeling rejoiced. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) Nobody dare tell Mick that he doesn't feel rejoiced. So we have the rejoicing Mick, and we also have the greatest power couple ever to exist at any point in time, the Robiards, the Ezra Soros Rex, and his lovely bride, the Robinator. How are you guys doing today?
1: Very good. Thank you. I'm doing quite all right.
2: That's all you got to say.
0: Excellent. All right. Well, this week we are continuing uh, with where we last off in our last podcast. And we're looking at tools that God has given us uh, in and through his word on how to deal with uh, anxiety. Uh, And now we know that doing this obviously is potentially could upset some people because there are individuals who do have serious anxiety problems and have no doubt sought the Lord for victory and deliverance and haven't received that yet. So maybe they're in a place where they've accepted that victory is impossible, that they're going to have it for the rest of their lives. Uh, and and so anytime someone says, well, God has given us tools or, you know, somebody comes across and, and I've read testimonies of individuals who've, you know, who've had terrible anxiety and God supernaturally delivered them uh, in the, in that moment. And so it can be hard for some people to hear that. Um, and it's not just for anxiety. I think anytime someone struggles with something uh or has a battle, if it's something with finance, they just can't get ahead with finance, and they hear testimonies of Christians. And I'm not talking about, you know, the uh, the 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 gospel of wealth or that you know, individuals where God blessed them with a good job and, and whatnot, and they hear that and they're like, Oh, I don't want to hear this and, and whatnot. So, you know, we understand that we're sensitive to that. Uh, but yet we have to look at what the Bible says. And I think for any Christian, our, our focus needs to be on what we believe has to be based on Scripture and not on our feelings. Now, that can be hard because our feelings at times will speak things to us. But just remember this. If you are born again, if you're saved, there may be days you wake up and you don't feel like you're saved. Does that mean that your feelings of not being saved uh, supersedes what Scripture says? Of course not. If anyone indulged you on that, that would be an awful thing. Oh, you don't feel safe today? You're not. Because you have to feel it. No. The Bible says that it this is a walk of faith, and at times, actually a lot of the times, it is going to be very difficult. Now, I thank the Lord that he has given us tools on how to deal with things. And the last in the last podcast, uh, I quoted from I believe it was from second Peter and I want to read it again uh, just quickly before we get into the, the, the topic. I'm going to have me, uh, Mick read some scriptures uh, in second Peter chapter one verses three and four. It says, and I'm reading from the new King James version this time. So a little less triggering going on, uh, but King James is there. So, Oh, all right. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, as his divine power, uh, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who's called us uh, by glory and virtue, by which um, have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises, uh, that, um, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. Now, <clears throat> there's a few things in there that I think are important. One, he's given to us all things that pertain to life And godliness so if he if if he has said this that everything we need to be an overcoming christian and to live this life that god has given us those tools i believe that it's true why because he is through the born again experience enabled us to connect to the holy spirit the divine nature and that means that we have the power not the powers in us to overcome but the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome. Does this happen overnight? No. For some people, it may be years of, of applying this and applying this. But if you take what the Bible says and take it at face value and apply it by faith, even if, there's a, even if like you feel like 99% of you is saying no, and one, or even less than 1% says yes, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, as Jesus said, You can say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. And then we also remember the individual where, you know, Jesus asked him, do you believe? And he says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief.
3: It is, we do struggle with what the Bible says that God says for us. But now we're going to look at what the scripture says.
0: Because God doesn't lie. And he's given us tools. That means we have to learn to apply these and actually try to put those tools and activate them in our lives. It's not just simply, Father, deliver me. And, and God may do that. He may do that. But I would say that in, in, in most cases, that's not really how it goes. The, 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 that deliverance doesn't come right away. You might think about when you got saved, God delivered you for many things, but other things were left behind. Why? Well, God allows you to go through a storm or allows you to struggle to learn to trust in him. And there's obviously many other reasons why God allows it. I want, I'm want i not going to sit here and tell you all of them because it would that would be a podcast and, 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 and a year of podcasts dealing with that topic. Now, before we get into the scriptures, I do want to say this. We're not doctors. Uh, we are in no way going to tell you to get rid of any medication that you are taking. If you do have a, if there is a clinical problem there, a, f- a physical problem with uh, with your brain, chemical imbalances, we're not. We believe that the brain, just like any organ of the body, can have problems and that there's medication that is given uh, that can help with that. So, you know, if you feel God has delivered you, you go and make sure with a doctor that you can get off it, off medication. Because in some cases, people who just drop their medication can have serious consequences and side effects. When, and in some cases, some medication is so powerful, you could die if you just stop it. So please don't die. <laughs> please. We're not giving out, this is not medical advice for, you know, for this. Um, This is not some like alternative health service. This is what the Bible says on how we can deal with how we think. And if you do struggle with anxiety and you're on pills and you're talking to a counselor, what do they do? They give you tips and tools on how to deal with it. So, and, you know, recognize your triggers and stuff like that. So there's still work you need to put in. Well, here's what the Bible has to say in the work we need to put in. So Mick. I'm babbling uh that was my opening babble mick please read the scriptures
4: so philippians 4 verses 6 to 8 do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to god and the peace of god which your past is all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in christ jesus finally brothers Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything
3: worthy of praise, think about these things. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, man. All right. Well, notice right away uh, in verse 6, it doesn't just merely say, don't be anxious, and that's it. And I think you will get some Christians who will, excuse me, not only
3: just Christians, but anyone can be like, "Oh, you're anxious. Just stop. (laughs) Just don't do it anymore." Yeah, okay.
0: For individuals who are dealing with like anxious thoughts and have anxiety, you know, there wasn't just like no anxiety, and then the next day it was like anxiety forever. There was a process that led to a person getting to that place where they. You know, I don't know if it was terrible situations in their life, if there's a history of it in the family, whatever it is, builds up to that point where then anxiety is now starting to rule and dominate your life. Now, yes, the passage does say um, that we are to be anxious for nothing. It does say that, but it doesn't just end there. Now, the thing that I find interesting is God doesn't ignore the fact that we deal with it. He knows that we are going to
3: deal with anxiety. He knows, but he doesn't just say, "Well, just don't you know
0: just let it be." No, he doesn't say that he He then gives us tools
3: to help us to fight it and so what are what are those tools? Well, he says, you know, be anxious for nothing, but
0: here it is. Here's what he gets to, and what we need to do, the steps we need to do, including what we talked about in the last podcast with rejoicing. It says in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving,
3: let your requests <clears throat> be made known to God. Why is this hard? I think um, we can look at first peter five seven.
4: Um, It's a great example of, or at least a continuing uh, version of this verse where it says, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you, right? So it's a difficult, it's difficult for us to do, but ultimately the command is to cast all our cares upon him, our worries, our anxieties, and the promise is that he cares for us. And so when we see, you know, be anxious about uh, do not be anxious about anything he provides the way out the um essentially the promise that the command is do not be anxious but the promise is that in everything
3: god will answer our prayers
2: i think um why it's so hard for us to trust in god however like i think it's because um Like, we're fallen human beings, so our instinct as these fallen human beings is to want to fix everything ourselves, and, like, it's hard to put away our pride to be like, yeah, Yeah. I need help, yeah, I need to put all my trust in you, um... Yeah, I think it's because we're just fallen human beings and we have that fixed um, desire to just fix everything on our own by ourselves.
1: Yeah, and I think the other thing is uh, the verse also says with prayer and supplication, Uh, prayer, supplication with thanksgiving. And it's that last part that I think most people struggle with, especially in the Western culture where... No one is thankful for anything. Of course, that's an exaggeration. Don't call me on it. I recognize that. But in the same breath, how often do we sit down and think, you know what? You know, I've got a roof over my head. It may belong to someone else. I may be renting an apartment. It may be small. There may be problems with it. But I've got a roof over my head. Thank the Lord. You know, I'm eating food. It may not be, you know, five-star cuisine, but it's food. I'm nourished. I'm alive. Thank the Lord for this food. You know, genuinely. And not just sitting down, you know, thank you, Lord, for this food. Blessed to my body. Amen. You know, like, genuinely saying, you know what? The Lord has provided food to me. You know, whether that's providing someone the strength and the willpower and motivation to go and farm it. Or giving me the strength to work and the endurance to work to go and get it? You know, he has provided for me. How often do we sit there and thank the Lord? Or to quote a very old hymn, how often do we count our blessings? Naming them one by one and saying, you know what, the Lord is taking care of me. How often do we use that as a reason to calm our anxieties? The Lord is taking care of me. I'm thankful for what he's done for me. I have no reason to worry about this item in particular because I know and I recognize and I'm taking a moment to recognize that the Lord has provided for me. How often do we really do that? Yeah, absolutely. Um... You know, I'm just thinking about this, and
0: and I have these thoughts of going back to the Garden of Eden from the very beginning, after
3: Adam and Eve' sinned, and Robin, you're bringing it up because we're fallen men. Adam and Eve sinned, and what did they do? They went and hid Okay, they went and hid themselves. why is that important to 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 think? Well, they were afraid they
0: they were honestly they had this fear that came into them. Right away, right from the beginning, there's this fear that comes in their lives. Okay. So that's then passed down to all of us. Mm -hmm. All of us have this potential to struggle and to deal with fear and to deal with, you know, thoughts that can cause us a lot of problems. And obviously, like I think there's obviously different levels of you know anxiety that people can deal with, just like, you know, emotions that are out of whack, or or there is a legitimate problem of fear or you know just the thinking you're, you're you're always bent on negative thinking on and on and on there's there's different things uh and, and i like that god doesn't ignore that 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 isn't that doesn't exist but now he's given us okay here's here's the first tool you're, you're afraid of something whether it's real or not but you're afraid of something bring it to me i think in our generation of christians Prayer is not, and not for everybody. I'm not broad brushing, but there are uh, Christians who struggle with prayer, and maybe maybe their prayer life is very simple. Lord, I need help, and, and they don't really, and it kind of just like a quick quick breath prayer, and and then they move on. Um, and it could be that's all they know. It could be in other cases where Christians are ge- genuinely struggle to actually bring things to God in prayer. Like, maybe they used to be able to pray, but something's gotten in their life that's hindered them, or whatever the reason is. So right there, that, that whole prayer aspect of it is going to be a fight. There's going to be a, a, a spiritual warfare aspect, so to speak, you know, in your flesh with, you know, the enemy trying to come in and hinder
3: you uh, to prevent you from praying. But you notice, it says, it doesn't just say pray. It says what? but in
0: everything by prayer and supplication. So first of all, it says everything. No matter how great it is or how small it is, bring it to God in prayer. I've heard things like people say, don't bother God with little requests. No, no. Bother God with little requests. You're actually not bothering him. He wants to hear from you. Uh, There might be a pride issue. Like, I don't need to bring this to God. You know, I don't want to, you know, I grew up this way. I was told not to trouble God or trouble people with my problems. And there's something you need to undo if you think that way. Because God is like, I didn't teach you that. Who taught you that? Did you make that up on your own? Did friends teach you that? Was it family? Was it the school? Was it bosses? Who taught you that? Wasn't the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit did not say, do not trouble the Father today. He's
3: trying to solve world hunger like you know God needs to sit there and solve something so everything think
0: of the persistent widow who went to the judge and daily 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 I know people will say ah vain repetition." the Bible isn't speaking against repetition because the persistent widow she repeatedly brought her prayer it's vain it's empty repetition just thinking that you'll just say many words like add all these things to make it sound holy that's what god is speaking against if you have a legitimate problem you bring it to god and you bring it daily and you bring it until god brings an answer and actually now my
3: second thing that i want to ask the group you notice how it says prayer and supplication what's the difference what's the difference between prayer and supplication
1: Well, I think that the difference is primarily that prayer is usually associated with like a religious activity or a communion conversation with a spiritual entity. So any religion, there's prayer. You talk to Buddhists who are technically atheists in most sects, they still pray. They're just praying to the universe. You know, you talk to... Uh, Muslims, they pray. But, you know, God, I I think this is more of like um, early writings they would often repeat to give emphasis. And they usually wouldn't repeat the same word. They would usually repeat uh, similar ideas in close proximity. So in this case, prayer and supplication. Uh, So prayer in this case is uh, giving your request to a higher being and supplication is the same, except it's usually someone who is officially ranked higher than you. So you would supplicate to a king or an emperor or a lord, someone who is your authority. You bring them supplications. You're requesting their aid because only their authority can handle this issue. So it, it's kind of... I I believe that Paul is repeating himself here to bring, bring emphasis. Not only are you to pray to God, but you're to supplicate to him because God's almighty authority is the only one that can help you in your time of anxiety, or at least that's often how we feel. Like sometimes when we're like overwhelmed with anxiety, we feel like no one, nothing on earth can help us. So Paul is encouraging us and saying, hey, when you feel that you're overwhelmed, bring your supplications to God because God almighty is the only one in his divine authority who can help you no matter what. So bring your prayer and your supplication to him. Don't just talk to God about it, but request formally request his divine aid. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: what would you guys say? Like, what does it look like practically for like, a person who is praying compared to a person who's in supplication. Because it says both. It's not saying, like, it says prayer and supplication. Mm. So if it's just merely just praying, it's not like, in prayer and prayer. Double prayer. There's obviously a difference in how this will look when we're praying
3: and when we're in supplication. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Well, I think that uh, prayer... Is always
4: one-on-one, more conversation-wise, like Ezra was saying. But supplication really does the idea of petitioning, right? And um, so, for us to go to God and, and and pray is one thing. To have our daily, um, our daily communion with Him, supplication is more of a very specific. Uh, dealing, um, pleading with God for a certain situation, either on our behalf or on someone else's behalf. If that makes any sense.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely it does. What about the, uh, the, Robin, Ezra,
0: what do you guys think? What do you think it looks like for you, the difference between like say merely praying and then compare that to
3: supplication?
2: Um well, I think that praying is like you know, like Mick said, your daily communion with God um, and I consider it like a conversation as well, like you communicate with God throughout your day, you pray throughout your day, um but I feel like supplication is more of like a sort of earnest begging sort of uh situation like you earnestly really want to hear from god you are pleading with him to uh i guess hear you um i can't honestly tell you the difference because it sort of seems the same but i feel like it's more of a sort of please like you know what i mean yeah
1: (laughs) yeah i fully agree with mick uh like i was saying earlier prayer is is more of the conversation one-on-one communion just taking your your daily time to just sit and build your relationship with god whereas supplication is more of trying to get god's attention like god like this this we, we spend our day together, we're, we're praying, but this item in particular, this thing, whatever your anxiety happens to be focused on in that moment, this requires your attention. Like this, I need you to deal with this. It, it, it's less of one-on-one conversation and more of I need you and I need your help. That that I would think is the, the difference between prayer and like regular everyday prayer and bringing a prayer of supplication.
0: Yeah, uh, I was looking at the, I guess in the Greek, uh, what the definitions would be. And, and again, for those of you that are Greek majors, have mercy on us.
2: <laughs> I'm
0: sure you could really like go in deep. And, anyways, in the definitions that I was getting from like Strong's and Thayer's, Prayer kind of has the idea of, like, there's, like, a set time there. Like, yes, it's obviously a request made to God, but, like, at a set time. So it's like, okay, you know, I think Jesus implies that as Christians, we need to have that set time. Like, okay, this is the time of day I'm going to set aside to speak to to, to the Father. So in that set time, I'm bringing this request to him. Father, you know I'm struggling with anxiety. You know I struggle with bothering me you know the job situations but whatever it is father you know that i have a, a, a that i'm sick i i need healing okay but then i think the supplication comes into where it's like this is like a need and want and i think it, 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 like it involves like a seeking and asking um entreaty which has the idea to plead and to persuade so for me i'm getting the idea like okay there's like my set time of prayer. But now this problem it's it's not it's still there. It's it's hindering me. It's frustrating me. I don't want it. Now I'm really going to to really go and seek him on this, even deeper. Persuade him, convince him. I know that might be hard for some Christians to hear. What do you mean convince God? Okay, but remember, we're using human language to describe what we're doing. There's you're never really going to get the perfect words to describe everything we do in regards to the Father. So as long as we're not, like, going into real, like, the blatant heresy. But the idea is, look, God, God even said in the Word, he wants people to stand in the gap.
3: What about for ourselves? Stand in the gap for us, right? If that if you want to use that terminology. You have,
0: you know, a problem. And, and I would say, like, even this doesn't even necessarily have to apply to anxiety. This could be anything that you need. But you go to him and you keep seeking him. And I think that's where probably a lot of Christians might fall short is maybe they do the prayer part, but they don't get to the supplication part. And I think sometimes God will allow things to linger to get us desperate. Okay? Like we're, we've had it, we want out. And you actually see that in scripture. Why did God allow Israel to stay in the wilderness longer than they need to? You know, why did God do certain things? You know, like, I think he allows stuff to get us desperate, to get us hungry for him, to get us hungry for deliverance, because maybe
3: sometimes we don't want deliverance. We kind of like being the way we are I, I think that we need to potentially
4: go back to the old Pentecostal tradition of rushing the altar and and staying there until we get the answer we need and um and I don't mean the answer we want that is. completely different thing but much like habakkuk does where he sits on the the walls and and waits and asks god to prepare his heart for the answer and then the answer is the answer will come well sometimes that is all that we need you know we need to to run to the temple and and hold on there and say you know i give me a child or else i die kind of thing that that whole biblical attitude of holding on to god until we get the deliverance it needs to come back we have a we're a christian generation that is afraid to ask god um or should i say that is either afraid to ask god or is asking god for all the wrong things well we need to find that middle ground where we ask god for the things of god and um i think there's a it's a long road until we get there, but you know, little by little, I think we will.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Very good point. Um, so my brothers and sisters, those who are listening to this, and even in our group here, learn to develop that deep prayer. If you're not doing it, then victory will not
0: come. Yes. God knows you have a need, but he wants you to be at the place where you learn to come to him. Not merely like God's going to take care of it and then you don't seek him on it. And I mean, yes, it's good that if you honestly believe that you have it, that's great. But he wants you to seek him. He wants you to come to him. This is what he set up in the word, not just for anxiety issues, but for everything. Everything go to the Lord in prayer. That should be our go-to thing. Unfortunately, it's not. and and, And again, I will never broad rush the whole anxiety issue because I believe for each individual who struggles with anxiety, it is a different case. All the way from actually a physical problem, all the way down to it's your lifestyle, you're eating terrible things, stop. There's cases like that where people, their, their health is, is terrible because of what they eat, and then they change their diet, and then the problem goes away. <clears throat> so, again, and then everything in between. But I do think there are cases. And again, I don't want you to feel that I am speaking out, you know, you're struggling with anxiety, that this is condemning you. Okay, so please don't. But I do believe there are cases where Christians simply do not pray. And that they could be in a better situation if they did pray. I truly, truly believe that not just for dealing with anxiety, but in, in other situations that Christians, if they honestly learn to pray, really pray, seek God, supplication, they would be in a better, better, <clears throat> excuse me, in a better situation, a better place uh, in their walk. Because the, the more you seek God, you're in the word, you're growing in faith. And again, it's a process, right? It's like if you want to grow your muscles and you go, you go to the gym. You don't go to the gym once, pump iron, and then leave and never go back. You got to go constantly. Constantly, same thing. If you're if you're a jogger or you cycle, if you go out and you jog or you cycle once, it's like I did it. I did that. Okay. You know, and then you compare yourself to the speed racer, you're not even gonna get close to like I man, I like to bike, and where we live, there's a lot of beautiful biking trails. And I get out there on my bike, and I, I don't have the greatest bike, but I get out there, and there are some people, man, they whiz by me whoa and it's like i see them coming and there is no point in trying to outrace them they're gone these guys have trained themselves to get to that place and also they have really good bikes but they've trained themselves to get to that place to be able to do that <clears throat> me i'm not there but then i can pass other people because i i'm further along in my biking you know or even in my walking i could walk for sometimes hours but if you don't do that and you go out for a walk 15 minutes you might be gassed. So same thing with prayer. You have to build up that prayer muscle, and that happens over time. And you, but start developing it.
3: Mick,
4: it's funny because I feel like every time I'm on this podcast, uh, I'm always referring people to read Christian biographies. But um, one that particularly sticks out for this whole idea of building this prayer muscle, this well, this just faith muscle, is the biography of Hudson Taylor. And uh, Hudson Taylor was a missionary in China and really did a lot of work there and it's really great things. But one of his one thing he said was this "He says, I am no longer anxious about anything as I realize the Lord is able to carry out his will and his will is mine. It makes no difference where he places me or how that is rather for him to consider than for me. For in the easiest positions, he must give me his grace. And in the most difficult, his grace is sufficient. And I think, um, you know, obviously when we'll be going into verse 7 of Philippians 4, we'll be seeing the emphasis on grace even more. But this idea that you can get to a place where you are no longer anxious because of that that prayer muscle, that, that deep faith with God. And uh, for anyone who is struggling, whether medically or not, um, it is great hope for us.
1: Yeah, and to build off of what you guys are saying, uh, I, I look at faith the same way I look at my marriage. Not just because, you know, Paul mentions it biblically saying, hey, like your husbands are supposed to love their wives the way Christ loves the church and always referencing the relationship between Christ and the church is like a marriage relationship, but also just because I see the resemblance, right? Uh, if you pray once and say, oh, well, I prayed, that's it's equivalent to talking to your wife once a month and saying, yep, that's good enough. It, uh, news flash, it's a newsflash. It's not good enough. <laughs> if, if you talk to your wife once a month, there is a problem with your relationship that needs to be fixed and addressed. And if you if your wife is having anxieties and concerns and she never brings it up to you, the problem is never fixed. Right? Like the, the whole dynamic between us as Christians and God is, is that of a husband and a wife. We need to be bringing our anxieties and concerns to him because he's our provider. He is our caretaker. He is there to protect and support us. And part of that relationship requires that we bring our anxieties and concerns to him so that he can take care of us and he can bring that peace. If, if, if Robin never once told me that she had an issue with something she would always feel anxious about whatever that problem is at that time, rather than saying, Hey, there's a problem. I need you to address it. And it just being dealt with like that, you know, like why, why would you choose to sit and not bring up the issue and, and allow it to, to sit there and fester? Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. um, so again, I want to emphasize
3: this is not easy. Hmm. This is not easy. It will take effort to do this, to 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 get to the place where you are bringing
0: your requests to God and and honestly seeking him and getting to the place of desperation. Um, I also wanted to say that if you are struggling with anxiety, this is not like, don't feel, I don't want you to feel condemned. Some people might condemn you. This is not to make anyone feel condemned. There is legitimate struggles that we face. The problem is, is when we don't do anything to deal with it, that we don't try to, to better ourselves, but we don't try to okay what does god say about this and i'm glad he has something to say about it and that we can find victory that we can overcome a pattern because in many cases it comes down
3: to a pattern of thinking that you know we we deal with and we struggle with um yeah so i hope that you know this has been a blessing to you guys I know there's so much more
0: that we need to dive into regarding this and there will definitely be more podcasts to come uh looking at these verses. So obviously, you know, if you're waiting to hear this out and oh, let's see what the answer is, go to the scripture <laughs> verses that we read today and ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom on how to apply it into your lives uh and and see how he can he goes about Uh, doing that and bringing the victory that we so greatly need god cares about us he loves us he loves his children in his word he's given to us great and precious promises Uh, he doesn't just play games it's not just saying things you know like the parents are like we're gonna take you to disneyland and then you never go Uh, god has made promises to us that on in the spiritual level is greater than going to disneyland and and i believe that god will bring us about Bring us to the place where we will get victory. If not, he wouldn't have said it. He wouldn't have said these things if he did not mean it. But again, notice that there's no... It's not like do this and then in three days the problem is solved. No, the idea is keep doing it until the problem is solved. And for some people it might happen right away. Some people it might take a long time. The idea is you don't give up. There's hope. that, that And I like that. Hope. There's hope. There's hope for you today. There's hope in Jesus Christ because it's in Jesus. It's not in you. It's not in someone else on this earth. It's in Christ. So I thank you guys for listening to another Fancy Files podcast. One of the greatest underground podcasts that maybe you won't listen to. Yeah, not just (laughs) because we're in
1: our basements. if,
0: if, (laughs) uh, If you did listen to it, And you made it all the way through. You win the Christian Service No Prize. And if you want to know what that is, you can just reach out to us. So uh, I am your host, Greg. And with my co-host today, Mick, Robin, and Ezra, if you guys want to say something quick at the end to end it, say goodbye to the people.
1: Uh, No, I've got nothing.
2: Goodbye.
0: And Mick is rejoiced. (laughs) He's nodding in approval. He looks like Ron Swanson. It is a beautiful thing. All right, thanks you. Thank
3: you, guys. God bless, and we look forward to our next podcast with you.